and welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the podcast where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. My name is Aaron, um, and I'm joined by my host. My name is James. James. Uh, this week, we are doing something a little different. Uh, we're doing kind of a topic episode, uh, a top five ranking of our top five Pixar favorite films. Yeah. So our apologies in advance to Cars fans. Well, hey, don't don't spoil the episode. <laughs> and I say that without knowing, we did not reveal our lists to each other beforehand. No. Um, because what would be the fun in that? But, you know, Pixar is interesting. I also feel like I've done both you and I mean, you might be in the same boat uh, and an audience a disservice in that there was just a new Pixar movie released turning red and I have not seen it. So my list is going to be incomplete, I guess Um, though. Maybe recency um, bias would have maybe affected that one way or another. I held off on turning red for that exact reason. You wanted Um, to make this list like without being influenced by it at all. Yeah. In like the off chance that you, you know, ended up loving it. It could be a masterpiece. I don't know. That's the thing about Pixar movies though. I like, I go into a lot of them or at least I used to, and maybe we'll get into that in a second. I used to go into every single new one being like, this could be my favorite Pixar movie. Um, Or I might walk out being like, I don't know what my favorite one is because I think there was a period of time where they were, and I think generally they turn out great stuff across the board, but there was like maybe a 10 year stretch where every single thing they were doing was just top notch. And then they, yeah. well, that's actually not true because in that in, in that decade I'm thinking of, Cars came out. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I would say though, minus Cars, which pe- some people liked, um, it was almost like uh, an American Ghibli kind of vibe, right? They could, kind yeah. of could do no wrong, um, you know, much in the same way that kind of everything Ghibli puts out is phenomenal um, or at least very, very good. Yeah, and then... I guess in defense of cars, I did not dislike cars when I saw it, but I was like, this is not up to the same level of quality that I was used to. But I think I've since fallen harder on that movie and that series of movies. It's, it's, you know, I don't know. I'd rather have, I don't know. I was about to say I'd rather have like up to, but I know up up is perfectly great as it is. Like um, you don't need to milk <laughs> up for any more than it's given us. Um, can I just tell you the amazing tagline and movie poster I just thought of for up to? <laughs> please, please do. Um, I, I would the poster would be like the silhouette of the man, like tiptoeing like the Grinch, and then like an open door with a light. <laughs> And then the tagline at the top says, what's the old man dot, dot, dot. And then it says up to (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't you see that? I would have seen it without the tagline, just the poster. I would have wanted to know what he was up to. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Oh, Okay. They need um, to make that before Ed Asner dies. <laughs> He's already dead. Is he? Yeah, he died in 2021. Damn it. Yeah. Well, sorry. 
you could use like archive uh, recordings from from him, <laughs> just, just just like just Frankenstein's monster of, <laughs> of Ed Astor quotes from across like decades of his career. <laughs> Not even just grunts, and the the answer is yes <laughs> or no. I guess you don't have to have him be like a major character. He's just this like menacing presence that's well, always that's doing something in the background. We don't know because we didn't spend the whole movie guessing what he's up to. I mean, that's the plot. What is he up to? He really only shows up at the end. I know you don't want to spoil it, uh, but do you know what he's up to? Do you have it in mind? Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal that because that's going to be such a big reveal. But this is what what critics are going to be talking about. Like, the you know, the the reveal. It's the Kaiser Soze moment of the 21st century you know it'll it'll just have to wait for another episode i think <laughs> all right well, i can't wait to see your treatment yeah let me let me mull it over uh is, is there anything uh we want to just say about pixar generally before we get into our lists um should we talk about the pixar disney relationship <clears throat> uh if you're prepared to <laughs> this um, is what this is one of our episodes where we do less preparation yes that is true J- uh, just to say that pixar started uh as an independent uh you know studio that released films through disney um and then disney acquired them and so now they're they're very much uh, a part of disney yes because uh, disney about- is this e- this evil machine that just uh, yeah. eats up everything um I guess maybe the only other thing I would say is that we are probably of a unique, I mean, everyone's of a unique uh, age, depending on the, you know, everyone's going to have a unique experience as as they go throughout their lives. But like we had the experience of growing up as kids, right when Toy Story came out. Well, and uh, on the wave of, the big Disney Renaissance as well. Exactly. We very fortunate in that way. Cause I've, I've listened to and read like media of where maybe like the very beginning of the millennial generation or like the oldest of the gen X generation talk about the impact that Pixar had when they came into the scene with, especially with toy story and kind of what followed. Um, And it's a very interesting perspective, but they don't have the perspective of like, we were kids when this came out, like I remember seeing Toy Story. Yeah. And I will never forget it. And it, and it's, you know, and it's interesting that we've kind of grown up. It's, it feels like we've grown up with them versus well, just having them introduced into our lives m- midway through. And specifically what I think is so incredible about uh, great Pixar films, uh, you know, or the early ones that were generally pretty great. And then the ones sprinkled throughout um, is that they're so very well observed um, about what real people do, how they behave. I think what hit probably you and me both about Toy Story so hard when we saw it at that age is I was doing like I was doing those things. I was like playing Maple Leaf with my toys the same way. I was pretending my toys like came alive and did all those things. (laughs) Um, And then by the time Toy Story 3 came around when, you know, I saw that in college, you know, in the movie theaters with my friends who also saw Toy Story when they were like, you know, eight, nine years old, Um, you know, where Andy's in college. It's just it's crazy that, yes, we live that, that no one else will ever get to experience that. Oh yeah. I mean, the end of Toy Story three hit me so yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> for a second, I thought you were going to see, you were going to say like, Oh, the, I, I did those things. I, uh, I dissected I, my know, sister's toys I, and I, I sent my toys to the dump. I watched them burn, uh, <laughs> you know, and watched them, you know, hold on to each other for their last moments. I performed hideous experiments on my toys yeah. and made them into zombies. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I don't really have anything else to say about Pixar for now. I'm sure discussing this, I, I, I'm really hoping that you have like the most jarring entry in your top five that I'm just like, the thing is, I, there's really not going to be much you could say where I'm like, how the hell does that have a spot on his top five? <laughs> um, no, I think you'll, I think you'll pretty much understand each one. I don't think there's any <laughs> weird like dark horse on my list. Yeah. Um, before we jump off of Pixar completely, though, uh, I would like to mention that what I think is fascinating to look into is look into uh, films Pixar chose to not make for one reason or another. Um, there's like there's a Jack and the Beanstalk film they were going to make. There's mm-hmm. like a Newt film they're going to make. Um, and you can see kind of concept art and things like that. And I don't think Pixar will ever really truly release like archives of, you know, their non-starter films because yeah. who knows they could always come around and use them again. Um, but I, I just think it's very fascinating to kind of see what they may have come out with. under Right. And, and some of them, including one I know of in particular that's on my list is a movie that they thought they were never going to get to make when they had, it's an idea they had early on and, weren't sure they were ever going to get a chance to make it. And then they did. And it's, it's quite good. So let's, uh, let's get into it. All right. Um, Would you like to begin this epic top five countdown? Sure. And I'll preface by saying that with all lists, list making rankings, I, it is like something I love to do so much, but it also is maddening and I could end up changing my mind. Like the next day, I would say that, I was telling you, like, my number one has been pretty consistent. Um, My numbers two and three probably are also pretty consistent, though I might flip the order of them depending on what mood I'm in. But having a fourth and fifth entry is quite difficult because, like we've mentioned, like, Pixar movies are pretty good. Um, Pretty much all of them. Well, and um, I I think as I was considering the list, I could easily do a top 10, no problem. I could do a top 10. But limiting it it to a top three or a top five – it, it just forces me to make so many, you know, narrow decisions, you know, like so many films could have just uh, slightly edged out the other to make yeah. five. Um, because yeah, I think, you know, uh, there's very little variation in quality, I would say in my top 10 Pixar films. They're all yeah. And, and we discussed before, and the way that we're going to do this is that if one of us mentions one on our list that the other person has a higher place on their list, we'll just wait to talk about it until we get to that point. Yeah. Um, My number five is Monsters, Inc. Okay, interesting. Um, I did not have Monsters, Inc. on my list. Uh, Monsters, Inc. kind of came out at an interesting time. I guess it was like around an age where maybe we would have felt like we were growing older for animated movies. Like it's almost like you have like one foot out the door of like, I'm becoming a, an older kid and an adult and I, or I'm just, you know, a teenager. So obviously we probably thought we were getting older uh, than we actually were. Um, and then, but like, still there's just this super huge love of like for animated stuff. And, and it's kind of ridiculous though. It just, just to think about that in hindsight, because one thing I've noticed, and I'm not sure if you ever picked, picked up on this or why, I don't know if you watch the Oscars or anything, and I didn't watch them this year, but there's, there's been some like controversy about, the way that animated films are presented lately at award ceremonies like the Oscars is that they're just like, these are just dumb things that kids like, but every once in a while yeah. someone makes something for an adult. And they're like, that is just such utter bullshit. Yeah, and I'm sick of it. And 
you know, I get people go through like different rate. Like I get, you know, I think it's more forgivable to have someone who is young be like animated movies are immature. I don't want to like those anymore. And then I'm sure they'll come back around to it um, when they come to their senses. But like grown (laughs) grown ass adults being like animated films are for children is just that that maybe I might like too is ridiculous. I think it's just as silly uh, as the idea of, you know, extremely sexist people say, you know, women aren't funny. Um, and the, the perfect counter argument is, have you ever met a single woman who is funny? Like one woman anywhere on the planet that's funny. And the answer is going to be yes. And then it's like, well, okay, then clearly some women are funny. Um, yeah. Same thing. It's, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, well, you know, clearly when you actually stopped and looked, some films are for adults. Like you can't, you know, it's yeah. Kind of- it- it's it's ridiculous um anyway monsters inc is one of my i remember being absolutely just like ecstatic about the idea for this movie it's not super complicated but it it was just it, it really like tickled my like creative like the creative part of my brain where i was just like man this is such a good idea um obviously we have again you know a world of monsters that siphon screams from children and have doorway portals to hiding in children's human children's closets and use their screams to fuel their economy (laughs) basically um very cool idea i mean as as predictable and there's a there's a little bit of a formulaic uh, side of pixar which who cares but like it's as kind of predictable as this movie kind of is i just it's so damn charming and I just enjoy the concept so much, but I will say that probably what tipped this into getting into my top five is just Mike Wazowski. I think Mike Wazowski is one of Pixar's <laughs> best characters. I love Billy Crystal. I love the design of the character. He's just so funny looking. The comedy in this, this movie is just, just great. It's just so charming and wonderful. I, I, I love it dearly. Um, so my experience, uh, before we jump into that really quickly, something you said made me think of this. Um, I'm not the one that thought this up, but I've heard it before that some of Pixar's best films, uh, like, you know, Monsters Inc or Inside Out or Toy Story, um, they're essentially workplace comedies. If you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I love that's, that. Right. Yeah. That's just such a great genre. And even with the crazy trappings of, you know, Monstropolis and the screams and everything, like really it's, it's just a workplace comedy. Um, yeah. Very well done. And just great, just great voice work. Right. Oh, yeah. Like just all across the board. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I kind of resisted Monsters Inc. When it came out, uh, it came out in 2001 uh, mm-hmm. when I believe we were in seventh grade, eighth grade, something like that. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, that's, as you mentioned, the age where you're kind of growing out of, uh, you know, babyish things, even though Pixar is not babyish, but you think that it is when you're at that age. So I was like all eyes on Lord of Lord of the Rings oh, yeah. uh, at this point, which Same. came out December <laughs> that year. So I believe Monsters Inc. came out in the summer 2001 <laughs> and Lord of the Rings was uh, December. Yes. And so I was that summer I was reading Fellowship of the Ring. I was getting super into it. I had read The Hobbit. So Monsters Inc. passed me by. And then I didn't actually wind up seeing it until years later. And uh, yeah, it's very charming. It's very cute. We didn't mention Boo. Um, oh, Boo is yeah. horrible. Um, it's great. I just, um, again, like I saw it more as an adult, so I don't have super nostalgic feelings for it, but I think it's a very cute workplace comedy. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Very, very imaginative. Very. 
Uh, my number five is the the original Toy Story. All right, that is higher on my list. Okay, uh, we can let, uh, we can we can wait and talk about yeah. that. That's, I feel like we have a lot to say about that. Aside yes. from you admitting that you're basically Sid. Okay, listen, Sid was a creative kid, but we he, talk he, about that. Uh, he is a creative yeah. kid. Maybe yeah. we, should, we maybe we should save that discussion for a for an, an entire episode. episode. An entire because yeah. I feel like uh, there's more problem to do a Pixar movie the re- at some the redemption point. of Sid. Yeah. They're like Sid's actually a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all right. What's your number four, though? Uh, my number four is The Incredibles, number one. All right. Well, that is also higher on my list. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, what kind of list do you have? I, uh, well, you'll see. All right. <laughs> and, um, my number four is Inside Out. Uh, that is higher on my list. All right. Well, this is a real this is a real back and forth. I knew we were gonna have some overlap. Yeah, I'm yeah, happy yeah. about it. Um all right, what's your number three then? Inside out. Okay. Well let's so talk can we yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about it now. Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh well why don't you go first? Because you you had it first. Well, I so, I mean I did have it lower, but this is one that's kind of I feel like been knocking at the door of my top three ever since I saw it. Like this was you know, I've had I'm a, an emotionless um, person. I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, I'm dead inside. Yeah. No, I, um, there are, as I, I, there are like different levels at which Pixar movies have like affected me emotionally. Sometimes there are things that just bounce off me that would, you know, make my wife cry. <laughs> um, there are things that make me tear up. There are things where I'm just, I'm very like, just, kind of devastated like inside like but you would never see it on my face you know i won't shed any tears or anything like that um there really have only been like three moments in pixar history that i think made me well at least three movies in general that like probably made me tear up and so uh inside out was one of them um just i just thought inside out was such a clever idea with such a perfect like voice cast to support it um i'll i'm not gonna want to steal the stage from you for talking about inside out but no 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 go ahead um, i have um i have many other things to say so the the other uh was up which i rewatched this morning um yeah i'll spoiler alert it's not on my list um it was close but um the beginning of up obviously people talk about and then the other was the end of toy story 3 Mm. um but i just inside out is so it's again, it's just such a clever idea um, and so well executed, but it, it's so, it's just so imaginative in a way like you, you, you know, if someone just was sitting at a table and said like, I've got an idea, how about, you know, the personality types or, or whatnot, or just, you know, different parts of people's personalities and, you know, their who they are, like, let, let's just do it like a kid and let's like have each one of them be in their head and we'll just kind of like see what they go through. Like that idea can only go so far. You have to do so much more with it. And they do. Yeah. It, it's just this, it create a whole world um, there too. And I think that the movie also has the, like, because obviously you have to see how it's affecting the child in real life. And they have the perfect amounts of like, cuts to what's going on you know what what's what's what corresponds to what's happening in real life there's a, there's a, there's there's two different dramatic struggles going on both like inside her and out and it's just both are just so impeccably done um yeah i i, I wasn't actually I, I didn't prepare myself super hard to to talk 
about like great, great details. Cause this is one of the top candidates I would probably end up proposing to you is for like doing a solo episode on. Definitely. Um, yeah. So yeah, go, I, I'd, I'd love, love to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah. And you know, we don't have to go into deep, deep detail about <clears throat> these, but um, yeah, unless for a future episode, but uh, I would definitely consider this one uh, for me inside out. Um, I really appreciate it for it's kind of, final message at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea that when you are young, um, you kind of prioritize feeling happy and joyful and sort of nothing else. Um, and as you get older, you, you know, some old happy memories start being tinged with sadness, or you start realizing that, you know, sadness or anger or these other feelings that, you know, sometimes you're taught are bad, um, are actually okay. And they're, they're part of who you are. Um, I, I appreciated that. And it's the kind of movie that I sort of wonder, like, what, what would I, how would that would have, would that have impacted me if I saw that when I was like seven instead of, you know, in my late twenties. Um, but just again, insanely imagined, imaginative and uh, well-observed, right? Uh, this is sort of a little bit how my brain works. I have sort of different voices competing in my head uh, yeah, at times. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, just, just the creativity. And I know, uh, I don't know fully all the consultation work they did, but I know they consulted with, um, psychologists and things like that, um, specifically about how minds work. And that's part of how they constructed, uh, the headquarters and the characters. So, um, just everything about it is, is pretty great. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I think part of me is, there's part of me that's like wishes I was more prepared to talk about it in detail. And then part of me that's like, I'm just going to hold off because I do think that this is something that we could eventually do as a full episode. Yeah. And again, as you mentioned, the um, kind of the, the double perils that the characters go through, right. We're yeah. watching one thing in one world and then it's kind of a similar um, heightened peril in the other world. It's very, yeah. Um, my number three is Wally. Okay. I did not have Wally on my list. Uh, I have I have some very different opinions about Wally than you, perhaps. I so I did not like Wally as much as what it seemed like the the whole world uh, for a while, actually. Um, and I completely came to adore it. Like when I first saw it, it, which is really funny because it draws influence from a bunch of movies. Um, one of which is 2001 a space odyssey which i also ha- like kind of hated when it first when i first saw it and then came around and ended up loving that um but wally to me is kind of the i think it's one of the best like films they've ever made like period um in terms of just I feel like this is almost like not not the pinnacle of their creativity but it is just such a beautiful work of art again not to say that the others aren't but like my top two are more personal choices like they're more like regardless of any criticism you could hurl at it i will like defend it i I will always love it like there isn't really anything you could say about it that will make me like it less unless you say like oh it's putin's favorite movie or something maybe i might consider (laughs) liking it a little bit less I mean, he um, does love cars too. Well, that's not <laughs> surprising at all. Um, <laughs> I heard he said "kachow" when he gave the order to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, too soon. But I, I just think Wally is one of the most beautiful. Just in terms of like, I, I, I'm, I'm dancing around 
what I'm trying to say because I there's an inherent like reduction of animated movies. I feel like in what I, the point I'm trying to make, but it's just and I don't mean it that way. It's just I'm I'm trying to make it. I don't know how else to make it. It's more of like I was about to say this is like the closest that animated films have gotten to reach the, the quality of non-animated films and that's just not true that's not really what i mean well okay it's not like i didn't feel like i was watching a pixar movie for a lot of it i think i was thinking about this as you were talking about it now and i think sometimes uh pixar with all the window dressing of uh like the cutiness of it or their aesthetic yeah it kind of um uh, dampens the themes uh or kind of the big yes. uh, thematic storylines because i was thinking about it if you really boil down wally to its bare bare like you know big thematic essentials it's kind of two things it's like a love story at the end of the world and it's also like the redemption of the human race essentially which are like it's crazy to think about the film in those terms but that's like really what it is and what they're dealing with yeah, and I actually like it more because of how it damns the human race before it redeems them. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm a huge fan of how kind of, and I'm not going to say, it's not relentless, but it's it's pretty, and, and again, it's not it's not very subtle either, like, in how much it, like, lambasts, you know, human and American also, like, consumerism and just, like, what we're doing to the planet. And I, I appreciate the movie for that at a minimum, like I, I almost wish it would have gone harder in that way. Um, but I, I also just really love how, I mean, I, I think the first, like the first half of this movie, like before it gets a little busier and chaotic, I, I think is, I almost wish that they, the whole movie had been like near, like, like almost no dialogue at all and been able to convey some more of this without, being as heavy handed again, I, I just said, I wish they would go a little bit harder. I mean, I, I feel like they were kind of on the cusp of just being even more heavy handed with it. But at the, at the, at the opposite side of that, I think that you could have made such a, an amazingly effective movie that was like not near silent, but you know, no, almost no dialogue. Um, and was able to convey, I want to see all these things conveyed all these themes with less, like it's like a this is like start off as like a less is more and then turned into a little bit more of a typical Pixar fair. But I just think that what this movie does right does it so well that I I'll always love it. Yeah, it almost reminds me of uh, Nine in in the way that I, I was just if, thinking that too. Yeah, I wonder if this started as a short uh, because mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think everything with Wally on Earth and meeting Eve and things like that. It, it and the silence of it, uh, it feels so beautiful and so you know so subtle and affecting, um, and then it just kind of jumps right uh, to this kind of side plot that it becomes incorporated with, and much in the same way that Nine kind of had to get blown out and have more of a story um, from the short film version. I wonder if that's what happened to Wally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing too is you know you have to remember this is like a huge budget Pixar movie. They unfortunately they just couldn't have like a mostly silent film right um, and things like that i also appreciate that uh this film reinforces the idea that if you need a big fat lazy funny guy you just hire uh jeff garland <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, what, what do you think they say to him i don't think they say anything i think they say here's the script go in and be jeff garland and i think he does that okay. much in the same way that aside from ozarks back when before he did dramatic roles I think Jason Bateman's direction was read the script as Jason Bateman 
I, pretty much all of his projects. I have never watched Ozark. I, I don't know if I can because I don't know if I can accept Jason Bateman in a serious role. He he pulls it off. I'm um, sure he does. I just don't know if I can. It'll just, it, I don't know. Yeah. Um. What I, I'm curious though, I mean, maybe this is another candidate for an episode we would do, but I, I, I'm curious to hear your criticisms of Wally. So my criticisms in a nutshell, <laughs> criticisms are mostly uh, unfair. So I <laughs> saw Wally when it came out, which was uh, what 2007, eight, something like that. Uh, it was before up. Six. So yeah, 2007 or eight. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and before I saw it, the, the night before, I uh, went out and I had uh, a, a bit of a good time, perhaps too much of a good time. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning feeling very not great. Uh, and I went to see Wally. Uh, I think it was like a, an 11 a.m. show. Oh and the automated movements of the robots in the first half of the movie made me leave the theater and throw up because um, <laughs> oh, they made right. me sick. Um, so I was vomiting so profusely into <laughs> the garbage can outside of the theater showing Wally as like parents and families were walking by because there were many theaters showing Wally and not a single person asked if I was okay. Oh no. Um, so then I, <laughs> then I went in and finished Wally and I hated all of my life for the, the two hours. So that was my first viewing experience of Wally. So I, was, I, was I thought you were for a it. second you were about to say that was your only viewing no, experience. No, that was my first one. And so I've seen it since, but it just, it always, uh, you know, I have, I've been unfortunately conditioned uh, to think of that really awful time. Um, so unfortunately, I just, I can't give the movie like a fair shake. All right. Um, I just, I, I also, I, I kind of agree with you, the dichotomy between uh, the story of the first half and the simplicity of it versus uh, kind of how the film hammers you over the head. It really does. Theming. Yeah. With some of the theming in the latter half. Again, I think it's the function of it's kind of a big movie for families and children. Um, but it does. It, yeah. It weirdly feels like a movie of two halves. Yeah. I do wish more movies would have do Jeff this. Garland. Yeah. 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 Let's stick with that. Or Jeff Green, which I've always. Jeff, it's, up, Jeff which Gar- is it's Jeff Garland. Okay. But he's Jeff Green and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, I, that's all I have to say about Wally. Okay. Well, uh, what's your number two? Number two is Up. Okay. Let's yeah. talk about Up. Yeah, Up was not. I just, I just rewatched it this morning. I, yeah, it was close. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, before for actually a very long time. It was number one on my list of favorite Pixar <laughs> movies and definitely top three of favorite movies of all time. Oh wow! Yeah, I love that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Up in theaters when it came out. Um, again, I don't really recall what was going on in my life at the time, but it just kind of hit me for whatever reason. Um, everyone talks about, you know, the opening of up and how affecting it is. And I, I definitely agree. And it pulled me in, but, uh, I think what made me stick with it is just how, uh, kind of weird and unusual it was, Yes, which all of Pixar's films are, but they do generally fall into recognizable character tropes, plot tropes. Again, we talked about kind of the workplace comedy, um, with a lot of Pixar, you know, films, it's like, okay, one of them's the straight man. One of them's the funny man, kind of like toy story. Um, but this movie just the characters are an annoying little boy and a geriatric angry old man. And the villain is like a 120 Charles Lindbergh old man who's <laughs> like desiccated and has an army of dogs and a, and a and, murderer, like and a like murdering murderer. Psychopath. And it's there's so many choices in this film that just 
could have completely like it does fly off the rails at certain points but in great ways like when the dogs get little planes it's just like wh- where even are we now um but i yeah. love it uh it, it's just in lesser hands this would have I don't even know this would have imploded and been just a weird complete mess but it all works and then at the same time there is just this genuinely affecting story you know between Russell and Mr. Peterson or whatever his name is the old man yeah um and again it's a it's a different kind of story it's you know it's not uh father and son exactly he's not his grandfather but it's just kind of learning to find a person in your life who is you know kind of willing to care about you and get to know you and um, I think that's a like that's a really refreshing idea. I think Disney now and Pixar, uh, you know, together when they sort of eschew their traditional like Kingdom Hearts, friends are good. Um, you know, true love is great. Lessons um, and kind of more complicated emotional lessons. I think that's where they really shine. I agree. And this watching it again this morning made me think of quite a lot of things. One of which was kind of like a refined uh, appreciation for when kids' movies have a threat, like an evil, right? Because there's, there's got to be conflict. And sometimes they go super soft. There's no, like, threat that's, like, going to kill people or kill the main characters. Or it's very, like, veiled, uh, like, like, heavily, like, hidden or just not as overt of a threat. Like... I, I can't think of a great example. Like, I mean, like Scar I mean, literally that, murders Mufasa. Yeah. Well, but like, I mean, I guess kind of the prospector in Toy Story 2, if we're going to go with Pixar. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. Like, that's just like in, in, in the prospector's mind, it's he's probably like, I'm going to I'm willing to kill these people, these these toys. Yeah, but it, it's not made as explicit. As, not at all. But like this, it's like pretty clear that this guy just like murdered every single person that came to find this bird. Yeah. And was trying to kill a boy and an old man. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, that, that doesn't land in the same way as like, oh, a shark is trying to kill like Nemo or something. Well, also, too, like we've seen character motivations, like, say, the prospector who's motivated by selfishness and, you know, frustration and things like that. But there really hasn't been a uh, Pixar villain that's just kind of unhinged at all like in the way that this guy is yeah um he's yeah he's he both wants something which you know a lot of villains do but he's also just very unbalanced and unhinged in a way that a lot of pixar villains are not um one of my friends when i saw this uh she goes yeah like i was really refreshing it's been a while since i've seen a villain die in a disney movie (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like you're right they like they really go for it um, um he it, when it's it's that kind of adds to what you were saying before about not just how refreshing it is but just how different it is like how it, you know it that doesn't fall into some of those like disney pixar tropes or like those like buckets they often as well as they often pull from like the fact that they would have this unhinged of an old man as the main villain is pretty unique and pretty like I like yeah to go back to it refreshing you know I, I like I like to see a little like a little bit of a kooky old uh, deranged murderer well it's, as the villain in a Pixar movie well first of all it has that amazing Grandpa Simpson versus Mr Burns energy uh, it sure does loves. yeah um, but the other thing too is I just I also love how he's such a perfect foil uh, for Ed Asner's character because he's this person who just obsessively couldn't let go of the past. Um, in the way that Ed Asner's character eventually does. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it also it's also one of those things where like as 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 tragic as the opening moments are, it's one of those kind of things that gives you hope of like, you know, like you said, you just find someone else who who loves you and cares about you. And like there is there's happiness to be found after tragic loss. And as much as I like, I think like, you know, man, that would be crushing. I just don't know what I would do. Like I would just be so sad and I would just wither and die. But like if that were to happen to me, but this is one of those things that's like gives you hope for a hope what what is hopefully a long ways away yeah <laughs> for, for me and my life you know to, to you know plus i'll die first anyway what if uh what if the plot of uh what's the old man up to um <laughs> is that the old man has decided to replace his wife with a new better wife um, oh no he's out on the dating scene oh no um, that's and, not where i thought and, you were going and, with this. and russell has to like run around and give him his heart meds and stuff to like keep him from dying uh, well, it's, all right it's, you sucked me back in it's and it's kind of like a crank but a pixar movie. <laughs> <laughs> like every, every time he gets his heart meds it's like basically like getting a shot of adrenaline into the heart yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um and then Rus- russell has to protect him mr magoo style because he like oh yes Okay, I mean, I'm, this writes itself. I don't like that he would be willing to date again after uh, <laughs> thus after here, the, hereby obliterating the theming and like emotional resolution. Of <laughs> yeah, you're basically just torpedoing the like, all what, what made the first movie great just for <laughs> to get a crime sequel. <laughs> yes. Oh my! But naturally, it has to happen. Yeah, Pixar, you cowards. Yeah. Um. I guess the last thing I I, I was thinking about. Uh, about this is arguably the best score in any Pixar movie. Fantastic score. Uh, the other thing I will mention, uh, Michael uh, Giacchino, is that his, how you say yes. his last name? Giacchino. Um, and pretty much everything he makes, I think is phenomenal. Oh yeah. Uh, but then uh, before we move off of up, we can't uh, neglect Doug the talk. Oh yeah. I mean, maybe the best part of the movie. Best part of the movie. Also voiced by um, the director as well. Is it the director? It is, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's all I've got to say about about up. My uh, number two. Well, we'll have a lot to. It sounds like my number one and two. You you'll also have things to say about my number two is Toy Story. Okay, all right. I understand. I get it. For you know, obvious reasons. Yeah. First Pixar movie I ever saw. Saw it as a kid, obsessed with toys. Definitely thought that my toys were coming to life after this movie. You know, I, but I was, I was in a, I don't, people fall in different camps. I think I was in a, let's just let them be. I'm not going to try to catch them. I yeah. wasn't trying to like do that. You know, um, I, I kind of imagined what adventures they had and then would, you know, enact them out when I was with them. Which, yeah. If that was true and they were alive, all of the toy story toys, that would probably be very boring for them. <laughs> Sorry. They guys. probably had, were way more creative than exactly. Than, yeah. Than, yeah. Um, <laughs> I did like imagine like, what would happen if like my toys would come to life while I was playing with them. And I think that it would probably be pretty awkward. Uh, <laughs> I was one of those kids who was like, I'm only building what the Lego set tells me to, um, oh. which I'm sure my toys were like, Jesus. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah. Aaron, how could you do that to them? <laughs> Your toys are so upset. Uh, I, I always just thought like, like I, I started to think like my toys had feelings, but not in a, it almost like kind of lingered with me throughout for a life. Like there was like when I was late older and I was like, had to like start getting rid of stuff or like when I had to like put like a toy of mine, like away, I was just like, I wonder if it's sad. 
that I'm like locking it away in this bin with all these other toys. Like I, I swear Toy Story is what did this. Actually, you well, know what? I think I need to go to therapy and it's Toy Story's fault. <laughs> I think you do. Um, well, the older I'm getting and the more, um, you know, I've living with Edgar, who's a much more kind of uh, intuitive, spiritual, in tune kind of person. Because mm-hmm. I do really think now, like objects do, you know, carry your energy to some degree. So yeah. if there's an object you truly love or are connected to or like a toy you always played with, you know, I... I definitely believe there's some something going on there, some connection. I, I I love that that thought, and I and I have certainly like gone back and saved some of my toys, so to speak. Yeah. Like I have, like I went back to my mom's bin back probably when I was in like right after I moved out of my house, and I I mean I have some of my old Batman action figures and on a shelf behind me. Like you know, I I I feel like I'll always do that to a to a certain degree. Um, but I guess more about the movie Toy Story itself. Um. And enough about me uh, thinking that my toys were um, bored with the way I was playing with them. You know, it, it, this this was just like gripping from start to finish. Like there's just not a bad moment of this movie. And I almost struggle to, I, 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 not that I'm going to necessarily specifically articulate why my number one is my number one over this. Um, but like, it just, I, I can't think of like a real, a single criticism about Toy Story 1. And like the the ending chase scene, like it's just was riveting as a kid. Like I remember leaving the theater and just like not being able to fall asleep because I was just thinking about that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Just oh man, it was it was like a you know it was like an adrenaline shot to the heart. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I think the only flaw now is you know I've since gone back and watched clips. It it doesn't hold up to you know today. Um, unfortunately, like the animation is just a little too like clunky. True. Um, which I thought you were going to say Tim is... Allen's politics. No. Oh boy. Well, listen, we're about to talk about Tim Allen for a second, but uh, oh, okay. Oh, we will. My my prediction with Toy Story is um, I, I was the same way as you. I saw it in theaters. I was enraptured. Um, Toy Story was one of the VHS tapes I had. I've uh, previously talked yep. about how I watched Alice in Wonderland and Little Mermaid when I was a real little kid. Um, Toy Story was definitely my rotation when I was an older kid of just tapes I would watch again and again and again and again. Um, and something I was actually thinking about today, we could we could jump to Tim Allen uh, corner right now. Do you want to jump to Tim Allen corner? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for Tim Allen corner, but let's do it. Okay. So I was thinking about it today and I was like, you know, I really, really love uh, Toy Story. I love, you know, Buzz and Woody and I love their, you know, banter back and forth. And even as an adult, it's really fun. Um, and then I was like thinking about movies I liked at the time. And I was like, I, you know, I really also enjoyed the Santa Claus. Uh, I also had that on VHS. I oh, yeah. also it was like the Santa Claus the same year or again in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Very close. Uh, and uh, also I was a big fan of the show home improvement when I was a kid. Loved home improvement. I loved home improvement. So I was thinking about it and I realized that between the ages of maybe seven and 12 or 13, I was a legitimately big time uh, Tim Allen fan. <laughs> I was, I was too. Um, maybe I didn't want to admit it, but now your Tim Allen corner has forced me to confront it. I mean, I think like there was a big era of Tim Allen being just like crammed on the throats of like seven to 13 year olds. Yeah. They're just trying to like weasel as much Allen into you as they can. Would you say that that was kind of the prime of his life? Do you think when he, when, if you asked him, would you be like, are you, when, are you sad now? When he beat Do those you, co- cocaine and drug trafficking charges to actually make home improvement get on the air. Yeah. 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 
Um, yeah. I do. The other thing before I forget it is I honestly think that coming up with uh, the Lightyear film that's coming out in 2020 this year, right? Yes. Um, Could not so, give less of a shit about that. No, I do not care. But I think what they are priming the pump for is a uh, re-release slash remaster of Toy Story um, remade in Pixar's current style, either just Ooh. reusing the audio from the original film or potential redubbing. I don't think they'll do that because people have died like Jim Varney. Yeah. Um, but I think that someday they will do a remaster of Toy Story in like an up-to-date Pixar that style. That would be awesome. Just like a sh- just- everything shot for shot and just lift yes. the dialogue and put it back in. Don't George Lucas it. No, 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 no. I think everything shot for shot. Like, I think that's the direction they're going and I am here for it. I would love that. I never thought about that. That's, I, I hope they do that. Yeah. I So I think that your number one is one that none of us have said already. Is that correct? Don't say what it is yet. Cause maybe we should do that last. So there's some suspense left. Cause one, my, my number one is one that you've already mentioned. Yeah. Let's uh, let's build up the suspense. So my number one is the Incredibles and it has been since I've seen it. Yeah. Incredibles was my number four. Nothing has ever surpassed it. I think fully because of two things, one superheroes. Yeah. You know, what else can I say? Number two would be my family loves that movie. And I remember we saw it together and it was just felt like a bonding experience. We were like, this is us, even though it's not, you know, Um, we it's just like it's a great movie about family. It's just endlessly entertaining start to finish. Great voice cast. Just everyone is everyone gets their moment. Everyone's funny. Um. Jason Lee is a great villain. Um, the think the visuals are very cool. I love like J- um, Syndrome's Island Lair. It's like very over the top in a way that I'd love a, a villain's you know lair to be. Also, um, the designs in general of the costuming and the yes. sets. It's it's very timeless. Um, it's very. very could be fifties, could be you know any era. Uh, yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's great. And there's not a lot of like. I love when when things do that, and I don't know if I sometimes I don't notice it right away. Um, like like Archer does that, yes, you know, yes. and and then, like I appreciate that. I, I don't understand why that decision is made sometimes. Um, other than like you kind of like, to make it timeless, like oh this you know track all sorts of audiences, I guess. But I think there, there's probably something very like fun about animating. If I'm an animator and I'm like a story. Um, writer and, and you know a set designer or what our storyboard and all that kind of stuff it's probably really fun to be able to play in that kind of playground exactly. of not having to be married to a specific era yeah. but yeah I mean just great plot great message great movie about family superhero powers are, are fun I mean it's not they're not reinventing the wheel in terms of, you know you've got um, you know Mr. Fantastic type powers you've got Superman type powers but here I'll say you know The Incredibles Better, more fun superhero movie uh, than any Superman movie. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. (laughs) I I think also the timing of this film was pretty perfect because it came kind of at a lull uh, before superhero movies really like absolutely exploded. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, it came after, you know, the early, you know, the Raimi Spider-Man films. Yeah. Obviously, like some Batman films. But this hit before the absolute complete Marvel explosion. And if it came now or it came later, it would have felt like a very cheap knockoff and would not have gotten the love and attention it deserved. Yeah, um, yeah. I it's I mean, been right after, under the radar. This is after Spider-Man 2, I believe. Yes. Right, like a year after Spider-Man 2. 
and a couple years before Iron Man. Yes. So yeah, you're right. There was this law. I mean, I'm pretty sure like X-Men The Last Stand came out around this time, but you know. <laughs> well, and I mean, but, honestly, that may be why it also performed so well because it was a superhero story that like didn't suck. Um, and uh, I also think the writing and the direction contributed. Uh, Brad Bird directed, and I believe he yes. also co-wrote this film. And voiced um, Edna Mode. Yeah. A, another Edna. great top Pixar character. Yes. Brad Bird, also from Ratatouille, from Iron Giant. Brad Bird was also a writer and the director on um, early seasons of The Simpsons. Yes. Um, and I think that's why his films oftentimes are so effective for whole families. Uh, because, you know, if you're writing for The Simpsons, you have to write, you know, something that's going to make adults laugh, but also keep kids entertained. Um, I think he's he's really uh, he's really interesting, creative person, um, even though he has some intensely libertarian ideas. <laughs> yeah. Some that he liter- literally memorialized. And what was the movie he made? Well, he's uh, made many movies. Well, no, no. You know what I mean? Like, uh, is it Tomorrowland or something? Isn't that isn't that whole isn't that movie just like a libertarian fantasy? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, because it's like Tomorrowland is where all the creative geniuses can go. It's like Rapture, but it doesn't go horribly wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, if only it would. That that, uh, that uh, version of the movie I would like. Yes, yes. Um, so I I also saw The Incredibles when it came out in theaters. I owned an Incredibles shirt in high school that I would wear often. Um, I love the film. Again, for all those reasons, it was a great superhero movie at a time where superhero movies were neither common nor very good. Um, And again, same things you said, uh, it just appealed to kind of everyone, little kids uh, as well as adults. Um, I just found it very charming. And I I was really, really expecting a sequel to come out kind of any any year. Uh, And I followed Pixar because at this Mm. point I was a huge fan of their films. And every time there would be a new new announcement of a Pixar film, I would kind of always get glum and kind of, you know, kick the kick the ground because it wasn't Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to deal with things like Cars and Cars 2 and Cars 3 instead. Oh, yeah. Um, so then we, when we did get Incredibles 2, uh, why don't we talk about that just very briefly? I, I liked it. It's nowhere in comparison to the original. Though. I, I, I also liked it. I don't know if I would say nowhere in comparison, but it's, it's not the same tier, I would say. Yeah. But it's it's it was I was very surprised. It was like no time had passed. They yes. they just nailed it again. Um, just, and I, and I don't think it's just, I think the first one is just, is still better, but they, you know, it, for all the same kind of reasons, it too is just excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've got on, on, on the Incredibles. Um, yeah, that is, that is all I've got. I'm very excited to hear your number one. Um, my number one, and this changed because again, up was number one for a very long time. Um, but writing down this list and trying to actually narrow it down to five, um, in a specific order, I really had to rethink and reevaluate. And so now my new number one is Coco. I, I mean, love it. That, yeah. that, that's like one of like, again, saying what we said about Pixar being great. Like that's like one of like five contenders that could have been my number four or five. Like it's just easily, yeah. easily, easily. But yeah, um, why do you love Coco so much? I love Coco um, because I saw Coco in a packed theater. And again, it's kind of strange to me what uh, what movies, you know, the theater going experience uh, means something to me and what movies I couldn't really care less about it. Yeah. This theater going experience was very affecting. Uh, it was completely packed, uh, giant theater uh, full of families with kids. Uh, we were all watching. This was when it just came out in the the frozen Olaf's winter, whatever, fuck off land. Uh, <laughs> sure it was there. And it was like the first, you know, three hours of the viewing experience. 
Um, but then of course, you know, by the time the movie began, it was great. Um, by the end of the film, the entire theater was weeping like together. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You could hear everyone and it was, uh, I went to a theater in a very, you know, Latino community and it was like a lot of like, Latino, and I went with some Latino friends. So it was, it was just all of them were just ball. I was bawling. Everyone was bawling. Um, it was, it was insanely affecting. And then I've seen the movie since because uh, I, I adored it from the moment I saw it in the theater. But then I kind of thought, did I have Stockholm syndrome um, because of, you know, this deep emotional connection I, I made with all these children and grandmothers around me. <laughs> um, and I watched the movie since and know although all of those feelings are still there, all that fondness is still there. Uh, it kind of weaves so many themes that I think are really resonant together. You know, the idea of um, confronting, you know, our, our death and what that means, leaving our impact on the world, what that looks like, um, doing it you know, a way that honors who you are and honors, you know, honesty and respect and just every, everything about it is incredible and family and what family means and how family should communicate. And um, again, like Pixar could very go or could very easily go the, you know, very simple, like family good route, uh, which, you know, in very broad strokes Coco does, but I think it does an amazing job showing the um, kind of the intricacies of all the relationships and, um yeah, how they play out. It's just, it's chef, chef fingers kiss. Yeah, it, it's definitely deeper than just family good, right? I mean, it, yeah. and, and I, I would say in some ways arguably deeper than like even The Incredibles is at family good. I mean, this is, this is like Pixar really like kind of hit like another gear it, with, with this movie. And it, I think the reason I don't have it in my top is, and, 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 and if you're going to compare like sad moments, like, Inside Out is also pretty sad at times. And that's, but I, like Inside Out is probably pretty much the only one on this, my list that made me sad. Like that really yeah. like made me want to cry. Like, the, like I, I guess as much as I like sad movies, I think I just, when it comes to Pixar, I probably enjoy being happier more than I enjoy being sad. I think Coco, I, I've, I've seen it twice, I think, maybe three times. And the first time, great experience. But like the second time I was kind of just like, dreading but not you know not really dreading like i still was really much enjoying the movie but just like not looking forward to being sad at the end yeah um but it's so beautiful it's just so well done and like it's i yeah i i don't want to like step on anything you were saying i mean i i don't my criticisms are of it aren't even really criticisms they're just like there's things about other pixar movies i like more because yeah. it, Coco is a pretty excellent movie from start to finish. And I really, no notes, really. Yeah. And again, too, I think the imaginativeness of Pixar is just through the roof. The, the how, even both the living and the world of the dead, you know, the living world with all the decorations of Dia de los Muertos and even the details in the village and the village square and things like that yeah. are incredible. Um, and then just, again, the visuals of the afterlife and how everything looks is it just it transports you uh the other thing too especially about the ending and it's kind of the theming um edgar's family is you know from guatemala obviously mm -hmm. he's guatemalan and central american and it's not exactly the same of course as mexican culture but it's just it's a very similar culture in that family is very important family celebrates things together and values each other and like the scene at the end where you know he's playing his guitar and they all accept him for his music and they're just all together and uh it's like how i felt when you know i was in guatemala spending time with edgar's family it's just it just you just feel so much love and like acceptance and 
um, yeah, it just, it gives me all the warm feelings. So, that's amazing. I love um, that. I love to hear that. That's great. And that's why, you know, in terms of like plotting, in terms of things like that, Coco isn't, you know, perfect. I think they're uh, Pixar films that have maybe better plotting and a little bit better writing here and there. Mm-hmm. But in terms of uh, like a piece of art affecting you, um, Coco, yeah. absolutely number one. That's a, that's a great way of looking at it. I, and I, I think I would agree about the plotting too. And, and, but like in terms of how emotionally affecting it is and how you can carry like as someone for me, I have very like large and, and I'm very close with my family. Wait, you um, have a large family? <laughs> sure do. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's just, I, you know, it, it resonates in, in a way that some other um, Pixar movies don't. Um, I, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a, a boy here for the plotting and the, and the silly goofy comedy and the, um, you know, you're, you're just one of them plot boys. I'm one of those plot boys. Yeah. I, 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 I hate saying it almost. Cause like, I, I agree. I think it's not as heavily, like not as, as impeccably plotted as some of the other Pixar movies, but I, I don't want to disparage the plot of Coco. I think it's a very good movie on all levels. Should we, should we have, um, cars corner? <laughs> well, okay. We can, yeah, we can absolutely. Should we have cars and planes corner is the real question. I haven't seen planes <laughs> I, I for obvious reasons. Either. Or actually that's a lie. I have seen planes, but at school uh, during indoor recess with the sound off and I wasn't <laughs> watching it. So planes was, has been, on, planes has been on in my presence. Okay. Okay. Well, that doesn't, you know, account at all, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm half joking about should we cars. do a cars and planes planes corner should we also do a Pixar unified uh like universe timeline corner what do you what do we think about that oh, oh like a uh, Pixar cinematic universe like that's well, all in the same I mean, universe yeah you know the theory about you know the Pixar universe that it's all on one timeline I do I, I mean I've watched YouTube videos about it I am not at all prepared I, to weigh in on it do you I mean do you buy it I don't buy it from no I don't I don't buy it at all and um, nor do I want it it's it, I think I would res- actively resist it in my mind. I'd be like, that's not canon. I think what's, I mean, I think what's cute is that Pixar does put, you know, winks and nods. To yes, future I do love that. In films like in Up, uh, when the house is going up, you can see, uh, you know, Mr. Fuck Off Bear from Toy Story 3 or whatever he's called. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. What's his name? Uh, I was about to say Mr. <laughs> Poopy Pants. <laughs> that's not it at I, all. I, I kind of like Mr. Fuck Off Bear. I think I like that too. I don't know where I was getting Poopy Pants from. <laughs> Well, anyway, but I, I think those are winks and nods. I don't think those are supposed to be like hints that the universe is the same. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, we could do a quick Cars corner. Yeah, I, I'm right. not prepared at all to to do it, and I haven't seen any of the Cars movies in quite oh, some time. Okay, I, um, I've seen. I've actually only seen Cars one. Okay, I, I've seen all three of them once each. I think. I mean, I've seen Cars two a couple times. I just feel like that was just a it just didn't work on me at all. Like I don't mind Owen Wilson, but I, I find this isn't like a fair comparison because it's not, it's not at all on the same level, but in this, you know, in the way that I found the 2019 cats to be just kind of a, an offense to the senses, uh, yes. especially my earballs. Um, you know, I just find cars to be incredibly annoying. I, I don't like the voice acting very much. I, I don't care about the plot. I'm not really a fan of the animation for some reason. It just felt like, five steps back for Pixar. So I think for me, when I saw cars, so I've seen cars one, I've actually seen cars one a couple times. Uh, and then I've seen clips from cars two. 
um, several clips. And then I, I've seen almost nothing from Cars 3 besides the trailer. You're not missing a thing. Yeah, I yeah, figured. Um, but Cars was the first Pixar film because we've talked about Incredibles. Every film we've talked about, I think, has a deep appeal for whole families, right? Adults as well as children. Cars was the first one where I was kind of like, okay, this is much more appealing to kids than it is to adults. Yeah. And that I felt that disconnect very strongly. And then I believe Cars 2 and 3 has continued that, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Made no real effort to remedy it. Um, Yeah. If they did an episode where like Lightning's got like a a cocaine addiction or something, that'd be... (laughs) Not that I can relate to that, I can't. But uh, um, does Lightning love anyone? We can have them die. Yeah, yeah. We can I don't take e- that. We can take that away from him, <laughs> and, then, and then make him grieve. Uh, I am a fan of all of the Pixar movie pitches that you've made today. They're pretty good. I, I really They're do like good. them. Um, but yeah, I have nothing else to say about about pixar um i do have one uh pixar did pixar was not big hero six that was disney animation correct Correct. oh but pixar did brave which is a uh people get confused that brave is pixar because it seems like a more traditional disney narrative Uh, i right and i do believe and i I still question it because of that for that reason so uh one last thing before we go that i think would be kind of interesting what is a genre uh that you think pixar should tackle next that's outside of its wheelhouse or a concept because they did like kind of a disney princess story didn't work that great but is there any kind of a like genre or archetype horror and I, and I and I and I don't mean that. And I'm talking like goosebumps type. Horror. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like kids horror, but like effective kids but horror with tons of homages to horror movies uh, that kids will not understand at all. That I, I will I, understand. Uh, that you will understand. Yeah, I I can't top that. That's brilliant. That's it would just be so. It, it, what's what's going to be so difficult about that, and why I would imagine if anyone's kind of p- pitching it at Pixar is that it'd be very hard to get through and that it's, it, that'd be so hard to find the right balance, the right tone to not yeah. scare off kids either like, or like, you know, not turn them off from, from like when they're actually viewing it, but also just get, you got to get the parents to get the kids in the seats and you don't want to, I don't know. It's, it seems like a nightmare to try to well, plot and market that. Also uh, there's never been any kind of Halloween themed or even mm-hmm. Halloween's never really even appeared in a Pixar film that I remember um so comment on it it's it's too too hard of a question to answer i don't it's possible i guess true but i mean that would be like a perfect venue into something more horror themed like imagine almost like a costume quest kind of uh like film from pixar yeah i mean nightmare before christmas is a kid's movie that movie's got some pretty horrific imagery in it i'm not saying go that route but you know give me something a little little spoopy what's uh what's that daniel day lewis up to uh, he's retired. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I mean, maybe you could get him out of retirement for this. Bru- <laughs> nah, Bruce Willis should not be in any. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I should laugh. Uh, given the Bruce Willis news of late, in case anyone I, is listening, know, doesn't, isn't right. familiar it's, with it's it. It's not, I shouldn't joke. I should, but I, <laughs> he's going through a very hard time. He is, he is. Um, but I also thought that maybe in a, in a second, like I knew you knew about it, or I assumed you knew about it, but I thought maybe you mentioned it without realizing. No, God. But you, <laughs> I, it is the kind of thing I would do pull out a random celebrity and yeah. then not realize that that week some horrific news had come out about that. Yeah, or realize that Ed Asner's dead. Oh, that's still very upsetting to me. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to? 
Um, so I passed my exam uh, the other week. With flying colors? Well, I, I don't know. They just tell you uh, if you passed or not. They do not tell you by how much or what score you got. Uh, so I only know that I passed, and that is all that I care about. Congrats. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, so I've been able to play Elden Ring, uh, which I had not been able to play very much of. I have defeated uh, two more of the demigods. I've defeated which ones? The Star Scourge and the Queen of the, the Moon. Um, very nice. Yeah. And so I'm actually, I'm kind of making things happen. I'm like level 75. I've got some, some subplots, or not subplots, um, mm. side quests going on. And having a good time with it uh, you definitely beat uh radon at a lower level than i radon. did um yeah that was one that gave me a lot of trouble i don't want to spoil anything about radon because it's such an interesting boss fight but i know i did i did face radon after i think three patches were made to that fight so yeah you but i think you fought the hard version because i i also fought radon pre-nerf patch and then they were like whoops we didn't mean to nerf him and they fixed him and i was gonna say that you definitely i think you fought the same kind of radon that i did he was, yeah, he was a spicy meatball, but I got him. Yeah. Um, and then you have some some fairly exciting <laughs> and or deranged Elden Ring news. Yeah, I mean, I, I did finish Elden Ring and start a new file. Um, no, no, no. But I, I platinumed El- Elden Ring. I got the platinum trophy in Elden Ring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Took 107 hours about. Um, how's the marriage? How's that? Working the marriage out? is great. That's not what this corner is for. It's wonderful love of my life you know all, all that Elden Ring uh, hasn't poisoned that well uh i don't think so perfect uh <laughs> yeah i don't think so um what else okay so movies i i saw a movie i don't know if i told you i saw it or maybe i did but i probably been texting a lot of people about it because i was saving it to talk about it on this that is truly one of the best movies i think i've seen in a long long time not, the, not have, the best, but one of the best, like just outstanding on every level. And I think about it every day. I've I thought have about it every day since I've seen it. I have a movie to share. So please, yes, we can do movie share corner. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Ah. It is just outstanding. And I recommend you see it if you haven't. And I recommend you see it in a theater. Okay. Um, I do love Michelle Yeoh. Um, Edgar and I watched Star Trek Discovery. Uh, oh yeah, nice. She is, yeah, she's phenomenal. Um, she's a great actress, and she has, as I mean, you might imagine, like incredible physicality. So, oh yes, and she shows it in spades in this movie. But I, and, and in a way, like I, I might be mispronouncing his name, but Kie Kwan came out of acting retirement uh, to be in this movie, and he is like the heart and soul of the movie. Just another outstanding performance. Um. For those unfamiliar, he is the actor who played Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Data in The Goonies. Yes. yes. Um, it must be because of that, because I did just see an article the other day that was like catching up with um, with Short Round. It's, uh, am- it was, yeah, it's it amazing involved. that he didn't act for this long and gave this performance. I, I, it still it blows me away. He's still got it. I mean, maybe this will be, you know, like a resurgence for him and he'll be in other stuff. I, I'm sure he will. I mean, he's got an agent now. Apparently this was the first movie that he got upon getting an agent. He got like the call two weeks after he called his agent or he called someone and said, Hey, be my agent. And I wish all good things on him because he just seems like the most delightful person and just gives unbelievable uh, performance. Awards are stupid, but 
I'm a hypocrite and I'm, I'm still going to say, I really hope this movie gets very heavily rewarded um, when it comes time to for award season at the end of this year and early next year. Yeah. I don't know how Michelle Yeoh has won. Um, I'm a big she fan of hers, but I, I don't know, you know, I don't know her professional trajectory um, super, super well. Um, I don't know what award she has or hasn't won, but um, from what I've seen of her acting, she, she absolutely should win something. She's the, incredible. This is like, it, this movie has a lot of meta commentary on her career and reference and all like references to it. I think actually the character's name was originally Michelle and then they changed it. Um, and it was one of those like the actors like this is the only actress who can play this role like I don't think they wrote it for anyone else really or like they could get anyone else out of their out of their minds and I think it shows I mean it's this movie is really incredible and also very um, very showy kind of like interestingly different Jamie Lee Curtis performance oh as well yeah I she really she really goes for it and okay. for it's great I, I mean I I can't imagine a world where you walk out of this movie and and don't like it. And you know how much I love the Batman. I know you, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I like this movie more. I the okay. more I think about it, and that's saying a lot for me because I. I but really, like this, these two movies, Bat, the Batman and Everything Everywhere All at Once, especially every Everything Everywhere All at Once, is like the best movie I've seen maybe since Parasite. Um, it's only it's been only been like three years since that happened, but still, like Parasite was pretty incredible and like just couldn't recommend that movie enough um outside of that i rewatched weathering with you which i will say really nothing about other than i love it and i like it more on rewatch i don't think it's as good as your name but it is quite good highly recommend that and i bought but have not played chrono cross ah very good and i plan to do that uh i similarly watched a film um perhaps a little lesser known one um, Edgar and I were searching for something to watch the other nights, and uh, we searched for, uh, and found a film called Karen. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I've heard of this. Yep. I, it's, it's, is it as great and it's, terrible as everyone says? It's about a Karen. Um, it's, I will say it's wild. I will say it feels like the film had three to five different writers and directors because the tone shifts so glaringly and you're never quite sure if it's like a comedy, a satire, a serious film, uh, all of those things at once, none of those things. Um, it's very, very strange, but my favorite part is that the Karen herself is played by the, I I'm so bad with names. I forget, but played by the woman who plays Pensatucky in yeah, Orange uh, the New Black. Um, Taryn Manning. It's un. It's yeah. It's it's incredible. Who is basically um, a Karen herself she, in, she in really is. the New Black? Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's not good. Uh. It's not a good film. But under the right circumstances, um. First of all, it's a very tight ninety minutes. Like they know they're they're getting in and getting out. Does it seem too long though? Still? It does. It seems agonizingly long. Oh, okay. Um. I will say all the performances are like good. Like I won't say great. They're good. Like for the roles they're playing. But again, it seems like Karen and her villainous police officer brother are in an entirely separate genre and film than anyone else in the movie. And when it's the non-Karen and her evil police and brother on the scene, and it's like the innocent couple and their neighbor and whoever else, they're they're fine. They're good actors and they're doing great work, but it's just they're in a different film. 
Um, and so when those two worlds collide, it's, it's very surreal. It's, hmm. it's absolutely not the room level, but um, if you're real bored and you have 90 minutes to kill, I mean, I would say check, <laughs> check out Karen or I'm sure they've done a super cut of uh, best of Karen on YouTube. Check that out. Oh yeah. I, I think I will do that. Yeah. Well, well, uh, that was Pixar. Um, yeah. We did this top five because the studio announced yesterday that they are closing forever. So uh, <laughs> maybe we should end every episode with just some some <laughs> news that is not actually news. <laughs> yeah. So it's been real Pixar, but uh, no Toy Story five. <laughs> maybe they'll do a remake of the Grinch. You know, if only they'd have to get the rights, though. Yeah, they also no one would know what it is because no one's watching it. Also, they're closing. <laughs> True. Oh, whoops. Yeah. yeah, oops. Yeah. Okay, bye then.